Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, wa salatu wa salamu ala ashrafil anbiya'i wal mursaleen, wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in amma ba'd. Fa'a'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim, bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Wa la tusa'id khaddaka linnasi, wa la tamshi fil abdi maraha. Inna allaha la yuhibbu kullak, kulla mukhtalin fakhur. Sadaqallahun aliyun azim. My dear respected and most honorable elders, beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Before we begin, I'd like to humbly request some of the brothers who are scattered towards the sides, towards the middle, and towards the back. Please do come forward. Don't be afraid of the foremost saf. Allah bless you for being here before the khutbah began, no doubt. This is a reward that has been included in your favor. The angels have taken your name, alhamdulillah. We begin first and foremost by thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by praising and glorifying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by glorifying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for enabling us with this opportunity to congregate in his house, to worship him, to glorify him to send salutations upon his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and we pray that Allah azza wa will continue to facilitate such opportunities for us in the future insha'Allah last month or well this month was the month of the hajj dhul hajj in this month we spoke about the significance of the pilgrimage to Mecca we spoke about the historical references and why we uh, are, why it has been ordained upon us to commit certain actions and the historical relevance of those actions. There's one part of Dhul Hijjah which just came to my mind a few days ago, and I thought that this is something that would make an excellent topic for a khutbah, especially in the modernized and technology-based society that we live in. In the month of the Hijjah was the martyrdom, the shahada of Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu ta'ala and the, the third Khalifa of Islam, the third Caliph of Islam. Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan, one of the heavenly ten, one of the ten who, while still walking upon this earth, the Prophet wasallam said, he's a man of Jannah. And that's Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan. And I thought, subhanAllah, his life is such an exemplar. It's such an example for each and every one of us to follow. And normally when I mention the name of Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan, what do you think? Is there a particular attribute or quality of Sayyidina Uthman which comes to your mind? Someone, anybody. When I mention the name of Sayyidina Uthman, what's the first quality of Sayyidina Uthman that comes to your mind? His modesty. His modesty. Another one? Generosity. His generosity. Those two are the first and foremost things that will come to your mind when you mention the name of Sayyidina Uthman. The first being his, his 
exemplary levels of haya, his modesty, and the second, his generosity on account of him being al-ghani. The Prophet gave him this title, Uthman the rich, Uthman the wealthy. And note that this title wasn't only given to him because he had a lot of wealth. You see, the one who is merely wealthy is not rich, is not ghani. The one who has a lot of wealth is not the only one who is ghani. The one who has a lot of wealth and utilizes it in the most appropriate fashion, in the most appropriate manner, i.e. In, in the case of Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan, spending it in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that's al-ghani. That's the individual who is rich. That's the individual who is truly rich uh, internally and externally. So although he may possess a lot of wealth, but he's spending that wealth for the cause of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's who Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan was. They're the two main qualities that come to our mind. However, within those two qualities of Sayyidina Uthman, there are many branches. Many branches in the sense that there are many other things that are included in these characteristics that are often not mentioned. For example, when we talk about modesty, what did the Prophet say about modesty? Modesty is a beautiful characteristic. Once a man was reprimanding another man for his levels, his intense levels for his, of his modesty. As, as would we in our own homes, when we look upon our child and we say, well, we, have a, we know of a brother or we know of a sister who is soft-spoken, who is quite shy, not outgoing, an introvert as opposed to being an extrovert. What do we say? In my language, and I'm from Kashmir, they call it, this person is sada. He's sada. Sada means in, in English, simple. It's a simple Bedouin type character. Right? So in, in that same manner, this man was saying to another man, that you're too simple. You're too sada. The Prophet ﷺ forbade him from reprimanding him by saying, leave him. For indeed, haya is a branch of faith. Haya is a part. Modesty is a part of one's faith. And that statement in itself is beautiful. The Prophet ﷺ didn't say, haya is a branch of your appearance. The Prophet ﷺ didn't say that haya is a part of your life. He said, no, haya is a part of your iman. It's a part of your faith. Every aspect of your, your faith is dependent upon your levels of modesty while exhibiting the aspect. And we're going to give a few examples of that, inshaAllah. The Prophet ﷺ in another hadith, he is reported to have said in a hadith mentioned by Imam Tirmidhi, مَا كَانَ الْفَحْشُ فِي شَيْنْ إِلَّا شَانَهُ That al-fuhsh, مَا كَانَ الْفَحْشُ فِي شَيْنْ إِلَّا شَانَهُ That fuhsh is not present in anything, but except that it mars it. And fuhsh is, is, evil, is an evil attribute, right? Excessiveness, immodesty, immorality is not pre present in anything, Except that it destroys it. 
is not present except in anything except that it beautifies it. So whenever haya, whenever modesty is present in any individual or in any form of action, it beautifies that individual and that form of action. This is what the Prophet said about haya. And Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan, he exemplified that in every walk of life. He exemplified modesty. That's why I said at the beginning, he is an exemplar for modesty. To just give you a historical background very quickly of who Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan was. And you have to understand this in order to appreciate his haya in his uh, faith in his Iman. Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan was much like Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq A lot of their qualities were, were the same. Like Sayyidina Abu Bakr, he did not worship any idols before the advent of Islam, before the Prophet declared them Bufa. It's never reported in any books of hadith or in any books of tarikh, in any books of history that Sayyidina Abu Bakr ever bowed down or prayed towards any idol. Sayyidina Uthman was the same. It's never reported from Sayyidina Uthman that he indulged in polytheism or committed polytheism. Much like Sayyidina Abu Bakr, with regards to Sayyidina Uthman, the historians have stated, among them Abdurrahman ibn Hazm, that Sayyidina Uthman never womanized. He never, when it was popular, when it was common, not popular, it was common to uh, womanize, to uh, demean women, to belittle women in that society of Jahiliyyah uh, in which Sayyidina Abu Bakr and Sayyidina Uthman lived before the advent of Islam. He never womanized. And that's again part of his innate characteristic of being modest. Abdurrahman ibn Hazm says, I've never seen anyone more handsome then Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu ta'ala If you looked at his face, it was so mesmerizing, it captured your gaze that you will not be able to move your sight away from it. That's how handsome Sayyidina Uthman was. And that adds to his level of modesty. Because to be that uh, handsome, to be that popular, to come from such a uh, proud, tribe and yet to be modest innately is an inherent quality that cannot be put to one side it has to be brought to the fore Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan was that individual the reason why Sayyidina Abdurrahman uh, Abdur ibn Hazm states that Sayyidina Uthman was so beautiful is because according to one narration, he resembled the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He was a cousin of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, so he resembled the Prophet And it's always mentioned about him that he spoke very softly, and inshallah, we're going to come to that as well with regards to his soft speech and what that means to be soft-spoken. Sidna, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, in fact, he said to his daughter Ruqayya when he married her off to Sayyidina Uthman. Sayyidina Uthman was the son-in-law of the Prophet Also, that nobody resembles your father and your grandfather Ibrahim السلام, than your husband Uthman. Nobody resembles your father, i.e. me, 
and nobody resembles your grandfather Ibrahim السلام, more so than Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan. What this tells you, or what this gives you an indication about Uthman is that even prior to Islam, Sayyidina Uthman in the days of Jahiliyyah, he was a coveted individual. And what do I mean when I say coveted? People liked him. Women wanted to marry him, men wanted to be him. That's what I mean when I talk about Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan being a coveted personality. Yet, he never came anywhere near zina. He never committed zina. He never indulged in that. And you can try to, try to compare that to, to the society that you live in today. That is very commercialized. A handsome individual. His, handsome, his or her handsomeness or beauty, albeit mesmerizing, is brought to the fore. That's everything about that individual. We have models. It doesn't matter what's in there, it matters what's out here. That's the commercialized society that we live in today. Look at the social media sites that we have. Why was Facebook even created? The creation of Facebook was so that people, the title should, the name of it should give it away, Facebook. The idea was to put out pictures for people to see. Pictures. That's how commercialized a world we live in today. Then we have Twitter and we have other social media sites where every single word that we put out is supposed to have meaning. It's supposed to make an impact, whatever impact that may be. And inshallah, we're going to talk about that also. Sayyidina Uthman, going back to Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan, Imam al-Hassan, that's Imam al-Hassan al-Basri, states that even in the privacy and the comfort of his own home, this is to give you an indication of what true modesty actually is, even in the comfort of his own home, Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan was full of haya, he was full of modesty. He never unclothed himself completely. He never was in a complete state of nakedness, never. He himself states that he has not touched his uh, private parts with his right hand. This is a hadith mentioned in Sunan ibn Majah. That I never touched my private parts with my right hand. Because that was the hand which the Prophet ﷺ took bay'ah, the bay'at al-ridwan. By saying this is the hand of Uthman. When he took that pledge that if anything happens to Uthman, then we will avenge him. And, he had, and that held significance for him. With regards to his speech, and I mentioned this, that he was soft-spoken. Abdurrahman ibn Hazm states that when Uthman would talk, we would need to, or the companions would need to put their ear, or their ears, next to his mouth in order to hear what is coming out from his lips. That's how soft-spoken he was. And that came from his uh, innate level of modesty. And this is something that, that Islam teaches us, to be reserved in terms of our speech. As with everything in Islam, when Islam talks about moder moderation, Islam talks about moderation with regards to your speech. Your speech should be moderate also. Raising your anger or raising your voice in anger is a sign of shaitan. Anger 
is the quality of the shaitan. It's not a quality of the anbiya and certainly not the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. It simply shows one's lack of character when a person gets angry and is unable to control themselves and has to vent. Uncontrolled anger, what does it lead to? It leads to verbal abuse. It can lead to physical abuse at times. I'll give you an example. I was driving uh, somewhere about uh, uh, two, weeks, two, three weeks ago and in front of me something happened, one car, something happened between the two cars in front of me and one of them started, you know, driving erratically towards the other and getting extremely angry. You could see from their movements how angry they were and then one of them tried to block the other one in and got out of his car. It's called road rage. Uncontrolled anger. Why? Because of a small mistake on the path. This is the path, right? The road is a path, the sabil. A small mistake on the path led to that level of uncontrolled anger, rage. When the red mist comes in front of your eyes and you're unable to control your emotions. This is not a quality of a Muslim. The reason why I say that because that brother was a Muslim. This is not a quality of a Muslim. This is something that we can learn from the likes of Sayyidina Uthman. In order for us to be modest, I'm sure that individual, if you asked him what he thought of modesty, he would say, well, modesty is dressing appropriately, not dressing too tight. Right? Making sure your clothes are loose fitting for both men and women. It applies to both men and women. That's what modesty is. But he doesn't understand what true haya. When, when the Prophet said, Al haya min al iman, that haya is a branch of your faith. He didn't understand the concept of modesty, that modesty should be prevalent in every single action of ours. The Prophet told us, he said that a strong person is not the individual who wrestles the other to the ground. Meaning that a strong person is not only the one who is physically strong. A strong person is not the, other, the one who uh, has, can overwhelm the other. The Prophet ﷺ said, the strong person is the one who contains himself when he is angry. When he gets angry, he's able to control his emotions. That's the strong person. Because internally we need to be strong just like internally we need to be as modest as we are externally with regards to Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan aside from him being soft-spoken we mentioned right at the beginning what are the two main qualities that Sayyidina Uthman is known for the first was mentioned his modesty the second the brother mentioned his generosity and that's what we know of Sayyidina Uthman and I mentioned right at the beginning that generosity, Sayyidina Uthman was called Al-Ghani. He was given the title of being rich. And I said he wasn't given the title of being rich because he had a lot of money. He wasn't Al-Ghani because he had a lot of wealth. He was Al-Ghani because he had a lot of wealth and he spent it wisely. He spent it in the course of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He spent it in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he was constantly giving for the cause of Islam. It's reported when, uh, just to give you an indication of how much, how much wealth Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan had, that when uh, his father passed away, um, he inherited 
what was 30 million dirhams, which, be, which would make him a multi-multi-billionaire today. When he, and yet there was no athar of that money upon his being. People would look at Sayyidina Uthman and they, they couldn't see that Sayyidina Uthman was so wealthy because Sayyidina Uthman liked to live modestly. He didn't want to be too extravagant in the way he dressed and the way he conducted himself. There's a beautiful story. Once during the Khilafah of Sayyidina Uthman, he was in the masjid. And this is beautiful in and of itself that the masjid was empty. Only Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan was sitting in the masjid of the Prophet So that's where the Khalifa was, in the masjid. And a small child came into the masjid. And Sayyidina Uthman looked at that child and he saw by looking at that child that the financial situation of that child and his family is not so good. He was wearing clothes that barely covered his aura. You know, um, uh, they were in tatters, right? Uh, they, he could understand, he, he, he understood from that that these individuals or the, his parents don't have enough money to buy him simple clothes. And he was extremely lean, he was thin, he seemed malnourished. Sayyidina Uthman called him and says, come here. And when that child came to him, Sayyidina Uthman asked him his name and the name of his parents. Sayyidina Uthman says to him, wait here, I've got a gift for you. I want to give you a gift. So the child, as would any child, when you're expecting a gift, excited, remains there while Sayyidina Uthman goes into the marketplace. The historians report that Sayyidina Uthman didn't like to go into the marketplace. As much as he had so much wealth, he didn't like to go into the marketplace. So when the, the cloth merchants and the traders saw Sayyidina Uthman in the marketplace, they got extremely excited also that the Khalifa, Sayyidina Uthman is here in the marketplace. Maybe he's going to buy something from us. So quickly, they got themselves ready and Sayyidina Uthman went to one of them and said, tell me what is the best cloth that you have? And that individual, as would any cloth merchant, I'm sure you've been to the shops as have I, takes out all the best clothes and the cloths that he had. And he shows Sayyidina Uthman, he said, this is one, this is one, that's one. What's the most expensive one you have? This one here. This is from here and it's come from this place. And it costs this much money. Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan asked him to uh, give him some of, that, uh, uh, some of that cloth. And then he goes to a... Uh, uh, a person who can sew something to, to it. And he asks that uh, one of those individuals in the market to sew a hidden pocket inside one of the linings of the coat. And he does so. Then he takes that cloth and he goes home and he takes 5,000 dinars and he places them inside that hidden compartment that he had sewn into it. And he goes back to that child and he gives that child a dress. You can imagine the face of that child, how excited that child must have been. He's never seen anything like this before. This cloth, this, uh, or this piece of cloth is more valuable than anything he has ever seen in his life. So excitedly, he takes that cloth. So the Uthman says to him, when you go home, give this to your parents first and tell them to examine it. Tell them to examine it. So he goes home, the child, and he takes this to his parents. And he said, look what I have, look what I have, look what I have been given. And his parents look at that cloth, they could see from the quality of it, from the texture of it, that this is something incredibly expensive, worth more than everything that they've ever possessed. So immediately they ask him, what is this, where did you get this from? And he said, someone gave it to me in the masjid. 
and says, he said, what did he tell you? He told me, take it to your parents and tell them to examine it. So they take the cloth and they examine it and they find that hidden compartment and therein they find the 5,000 dinars that are meant for them. They ask the child, tell us the name of that man who provided you with this. He said, I, I asked him his name but he wouldn't tell me. That was Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan. I asked him his name but he didn't tell me. Even when doing a good action, he didn't want it to be known. He didn't care for it to be known. That's what, then that incorporates both of the two qualities of Sayyidina Uthman that we mentioned at the beginning. His generosity and his levels of modesty. Both of them are incorporated in that. Look how generous he was. He didn't care about, you know, some money departing from him. No. And yet he was so modest that he didn't want it to be known that it was him who provided it. It was him who it came from. And this is who Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan was. The Prophet, there are many examples in the life of the Prophet In one of the battles, the Prophet asked for something. Asked for uh, wealth to be provided. Asked for collections to be made. Right? This is a cause that we need to contribute towards. And Sayyidina Uthman, he stood up and he said, I will... Uh, uh, I take the responsibility of 100 camels, I take the responsibility of their saddles and the water skins for the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Prophet made dua for him, he sat down. The Prophet asked again, Sayyidina Uthman stood up again. You know, he was looking for opportunities to give as much as he could. And he said, Ya Rasulullah, I take uh, responsibility for 200 camel, 200 camel camels and their water skins and their saddles for the path of Allah. Prophet made dua for him, he sat down. He asked again. The third time Sayyidina Uthman stood up again and he said, I take responsibility for 300 camels and their saddles and the water skins for the path of Allah. The Prophet wasallam at that point, he said that, in a way, loosely translated, it means it doesn't matter what Uthman does after this. It doesn't matter what Uthman does after this. As in that Uthman has, has achieved a state He's achieved a status in the eyes of the Prophet And this is why the Prophet uh, one of his titles, Sayyidina Uthman, was, and very quickly, the possessor of the two lives. And the reason as to why he was given that title, that he is the only man in history to have the honor of being married to not only one, but two daughters of a Prophet. And not any Prophet, the greatest Prophet. There is no man in history that married two daughters of a Prophet. Except for Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan. He first married uh, Sayyidina Ruqayya uh, anha, and she died. She actually died on the Battle of Badr. This is the reason why Sayyidina Uthman didn't participate in the Battle of Badr. He was uh, tasked by the Prophet to remain home and take care of his wife. She died on the day of the battle. And after she died, a few days later, the one child that they had, uh, Abdurrahman ibn Uthman, he passed away also. This is a grandson of the Prophet ﷺ. He passes away. Now you can imagine the depression that Sayyidina Uthman would, have going, would be going through at that moment. He was married to the daughter of the Prophet. He had a child who was a grandson of a Prophet. And they both passed away in the, sp in, in the span of a few days. And he's very upset. And the companions can see that Sayyidina Uthman is very upset. And they felt for him. Because even in the days of Jahiliyyah, people loved Uthman. They loved that modesty. People love modest individuals. 
That's innately what our characteristic tells us to do. So they loved Uthman. In fact, they would sing lullabies to their children to make them go to sleep at night. They will say, I love you for the sake of the most merciful, just like the love that the Quraysh has for Uthman. That was a lullaby that they would sing to their children. So they approached the Prophet ﷺ and said, Ya Rasulullah, Uthman is upset. Uthman seems depressed. And the Prophet ﷺ calls Uthman and said, Uthman, what's wrong? And is something bothering you? He said, yes. The, the, the passing of Ruqayya and Abdurrahman and there's something else. The Prophet said, what else is bothering you other than the passing away? He said, <laughs> SubhanAllah, he said, Ya Rasulullah, in qata'a sayri wa qurbi minka bimawtiha. That my connection with you has, has been cut off with her passing. That bothers me also. That after she's passed away, that my connection with you has been cut off. And the Prophet wasallam at that moment declared that uh, Umm Kalthum was to marry, this, the, another daughter of the Prophet wasallam was to marry Sayyidina Uthman. And when she passes away, also in the lifetime of the Prophet wasallam, the Prophet wasallam uttered that famous phrase, that by Allah, if I had 100 daughters and one after the other, they passed away, I would get them all married off to Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan. And this is who Sayyidina Uthman was. And this is something that we can learn from. This is something that we can learn from his intense levels of, of modesty in every single action. When he gave, he gave modestly. When he spoke, he spoke softly. It's never reported anywhere that uh, Uthman ever lifted his hand or his sword in anger except in battle. Never. He never verbally assaulted anyone. He never physically assaulted anyone. When he would trade, and this is something for all of us, when he would trade, he would be absolutely 100% truthful. 100%. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put barakah in his trade because of his uh, level of truthfulness. Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan, despite being so handsome and being coveted by women, like I said, who wanted to marry him and men who wanted to be him, yet Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan never allowed pride or ego to seep into his heart. Look how great I am. Look how much money I have. Look how handsome Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made me. No, he was modest. He didn't allow that to take control of his character. This is something that we need to apply within our own lives. When we're uh, conversing with each other, when we're talking to each other, let's not, uh, you know, downgrade each other. Uh, let's not uh, be... Uh, you know, in a way where we, where we talk to each other, where we try to put them down. Let's not try to make ourselves out to be something that we are not. You know, let's not allow ego and pride to have a place in our hearts. Let's learn from the example set forth by Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan that we are modest in every action that we do, in every action that we commit. And haya and modesty becomes a path of our Iman. The Prophet ﷺ for this reason said, that every Nabi, every Prophet has a Rafiq. And Rafiq is a not just a normal friend, a close companion, a very close bosom friend. Right? Uh, and my uh, close companion, my close friend in Jannah will be Uthman ibn Affan. 
these characteristics were loved by a prophet for his children, for his daughters. Love them for your children also. Make them, teach them about modesty with your own character, right? Not just talking to them about Sayyidina Uthman, right? Teach them what Sayyidina Uthman was like by becoming that, uh, that modest. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give me and you the tawfiq and the ability to act upon the teachings of the Qur'an and the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa